0: BGIF, hi there everybody. Thanks for joining us this morning. Welcome into Undisputed, I'm Jen Hale, here with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Guys, so much to get you this morning, are y'all ready?
1: I am ready, good morning, good morning. Hey, Skip. I am just so relieved that you are not in
2: studio this morning so I don't have to worry about you having the air conditioning cranked up full blast and blowing all of my papers off the debate desk and ruining my chances of winning the argument.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. but I sweat out I sweat out of my clothes during that first segment so <laughs> Well, you you're you're in a safe place today. I am I am yeah. Oh, the battle's still going to happen. It's still going to get heated. You know that. Mm. (laughs) We'll see about that.
0: Thermostat wars. Y'all sound a bit like a married couple. All right, gentlemen, our first order of business today, the future of the king. LeBron James and his representative, Rich Paul, met with Rob Polinka on Thursday regarding James's eligible contract extension. This all according to Dave McManaman. Paul told McMenamin that the discussion was, quote, productive. Both sides will continue a dialogue. Hmm. All right, Shannon, jump in here, break this down for us. What does this tell you?
1: Well, first of all, there's nothing to discuss contractually. A player LeBron James' age can only get a two-year deal. He can't get three years. He can't get four years. They're offering him the max. There's no question in my mind they're going to offer him the max. So, contractually, there's really nothing to discuss. The only thing they could possibly be discussing is, LeBron, tell me, what do you think? How can we get better? How can we make this team a contending, championship contending team? Uh, LeBron is saying, Rob, what are your plans? What do you and the higher-ups have on doing to make this team a championship contending team? So, as far as productivity, Skip, I believe that's the only thing that they could possibly discuss, knowing that LeBron James, at his age, can only get a two-year deal. Given LeBron James and his stature, can only get a max. The max is forty-eight and a half million for LeBron James. It's not fifty. It's not that sixty million dollar contract that Dame Lillard is gonna sixty-three million that Dame is gonna get in the final years of year. his contract. They can't go that high. So the contract is the contract. It is what it is. Two years, max money. So what? What could they possibly be talking about? How do we make the Lakers a championship-contending team? Are we still in the? Uh, uh, are we still in the? What did I say? The the the, the ch- trading Russ? Is that still a possibility? Is that still you know? Is that still on the table? Uh, how do we get better? What about Buddy Hill? I'm sure Robinson, LeBron. Yes, that's still on the table. But what we're trying to do is hold on to, to as many assets as we possibly can to see how this Brooklyn Nets situation play out with a Kevin Durant, which we'll discuss a little later in another segment. Skip, but. If Kevin Durant uh, uh, is somehow traded, um, are the the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets saying, "Okay, we've got Kevin Durant traded. We like the pe- uh, uh, we like the pieces that we have. We don't want Kyrie Irving being the leader of this ball club, considering the uh, what transpired over the last two to three years since Kyrie has been in this in this organization." So for me, Skip, I believe the the, the I don't really know what. Else. Uh, For lack of a better word, I don't really know how could you have a bad, uh, uh, as far as situation, uh, as far as talks about LeBron James, because there's nothing to discuss on the contract end. The only thing we can discuss is how do we make this basketball team better?
2: Hmm. Okay. My response to this when I read this last night was, I was surprised, but not shocked. The reason I'm not shocked is I have told you from the start, LeBron James is going nowhere else. LeBron James wants to be a Laker till death and the NBA do him part. He wants to retire a Los Angeles Laker because he loves living here in Los Angeles, in Brentwood, in Beverly Hills, where I don't know how many houses he has. But he wants to make this his permanent, lifelong home. home. He wants to be in Hollywood. He wants to be a Hollywood power broker. His family reportedly loves it here. You probably Mm -hmm. hear it directly from them. They don't want to go anywhere else, certainly back to Akron or Cleveland. So the point is that the Lakers know that there's no threat here. LeBron James, for the first time in his career, has zero leverage because they know he does not want to leave. And I think they are calling his bluff on whether he he even would consider going back to Cleveland in a year or two, even if there's a possible connection to play with Bronny when he finally makes it to the NBA. And we don't know how good he'll be. But the point is. Skip, I'm going to
1: disagree with you. Okay. Let me disagree with you for just a second because I don't believe he ever wanted to leave Cleveland, but he didn't feel that Cleveland could give him an opportunity to win for a championship. I believe he didn't want to leave Miami. He loved Miami, South Beach, so, ooh, palm trees, South Beach. There's not, There's a lot to like about Miami and no state income tax, but Miami no longer presented him an opportunity to win a title. So he went back to Cleveland. Sure, LeBron James might love a location in which he's at. But if you do not provide him the adequate opportunity to compete, to seriously compete for a title, he will pack up shop. It gets a lot easier to move once you've done it once. See, when you got into this business, Skip, you probably got to like, man, I kind of like it here. But then all of a sudden, you move one time, you left Dallas, you left Chicago, you left wherever you left. It gets a lot easier to move once you've done it once.
2: Aha, but thank you for bringing that up because soon after I got out of Vanderbilt University, I wound up in Los Angeles working for the LA Times. And when I left to become a columnist in Dallas at age, what was I, 26, I said, if I ever get a chance to go back to LA, I'm going back to LA and look at us now.
1: Yeah, but you went to Chicago,
2: Bristol. Okay, (laughs) I, I got it. But the point is, Of all the places I've lived, and I've also lived in Miami, the difference right now is if you walk outside in Miami, Florida, as we speak, if you walk outside, (laughs) you can walk for about two minutes and you'll break out in a sweat because it is humid. Here, Here you can walk for two hours and not break a sweat because there's no humidity. It was a little more muggy yesterday here. I know you're not here, but the point is that for the most part, It's glorious here. It's ho-hum, another day in paradise. So the the point is that on the first day that LeBron was eligible for this extension to sign— he winds up. He and Rich Paul go to El Segundo. What a difference yeah. a, a contract year makes! Because they they drive down to El Segundo to the the Lakers facility. They probably drove from Brentwood area. So it's right. it's not the easiest trip because you got to go on the 405, I think, yes. unless they helicoptered. But, not <laughs> Okay. So if you drive down, you have to make the effort to go meet with them. Remember, Magic knocked on LeBron's door. At 12.01 or whatever it was when free agency opened to recruit LeBron to come to L.A. in the first place, going back, whatever it was, three, four, four, now four years ago. So the point is, I I was a little surprised that LeBron and Rich Paul are like knocking on the Lakers door. We're ready. We're ready. We're open for business here. And all of a sudden... You, you, you're no longer playing hard to get because, as you've pointed out from the start, you could wait on this extension for a whole nother year to sign it. You, yeah. you could threaten free agency, but they don't want to threaten free agency because there's no more game to be played off the court. They just want to be a Laker. So they're going down, and I'm sure they're kicking around saying, we, we, we need you to get rid of Russ here. We need to get out from under Russ. And what other moves are we talking about here? Yet yeah, they yes. initiated the contact, and they give up all their leverage because the, the Lakers, I, I don't know if Jeannie went to the meeting or not, she probably had better things to do because— She's basically been rolling her eyes at LeBron James through this offseason. She's still infatuated with with all that Kobe brought to the franchise, and Kobe was her chief advisor. And I think she's been a little disrespectful to LeBron on Twitter by by continuing to hark back to the Kobe days, the Kobe days, the Kobe days. I miss Kobe. But LeBron's kind of hat in hand going down to El Segundo. Are we ready to sign? How do we want to work this out? So right. to me, that was the, the the biggest tip off that actually underscored what I've been telling you for several weeks here on the show. LeBron has lost his leverage and wants to be nothing but a Laker.
1: Yeah, but Skip, it's like Skip, it's kind of like a relationship. I love being in this relationship. I just need to know one thing. I'm asking her, are you going to stop hanging out so much with your girlfriends? Do you feel the need to go out every weekend? She's going to ask me, are you done hanging out with them trifling ass homeboys of yours? I mean, because, you know, they they up to no good. And say, I don't really like you around them because association brings on assimilation. So are you willing to do that? So, LeBron, I like being in L.A. I just need to know one thing, Rich. I mean, are you robbed? What are you going to do? How are we going to make this team better? Because I'm not just here for the being here. Yes, I love the L.A. weather. Yes, all of my businesses, I've uh, uh, packed up shop and I've moved everything to one central location. I love it here. Don't get me wrong. But the moment that you think that I won't leave because I don't feel you're giving me the best opportunity, I'm going into year 20. I don't got 20 more years. If I was in year five, I could trust you and I could ride it out. But I don't have a whole lot of time to dilly-dally around. So unless you – I need to hear you say, yes, we're still trying to move Russ. Yes, we're trying to get pieces to uh, to uh, surround you and Anthony Davis because we believe that those are our best options. Look, Buddy Hill and, and uh, uh, Miles Turner, they'll be there. But he said, I want to hold on to that, those draft picks. I want to hold on to THT just in case. We're going to talk about Kyrie in a little bit. The Nets, uh, Nets come to their senses. And, and are willing to part with Kyrie. And then I'll be willing to get off a THT. I'd be willing to get off those two first round draft picks. But in the meantime, this is what I'm thinking. It's nice to know what you're thinking and that we're on the same page. But the one thing I'm glad you didn't bring up was no pay cut because they know that would be beneath them to ask the GOAT to take a pay cut.
2: Well, I told you yesterday, it should not be beneath the GOAT to, to offer a pay cut the quote-unquote phony goat that he is, because if, if he were the goat, he he would say, I'm so great that I want to win another ring, and I'm going to maximize my chances like the great Tim Duncan did in his final three years with the Spurs when he averaged making $10 million a year. and In, in 2013 and 2014, he was making $10 million a year, and they should have won both years. And he took so much less than his market value as as a top 10 all time player that yeah. it allowed R.C. Buford to maximize the roster, the, the deep bench to support Tim Duncan's leadership and, and his on floor impact. So my point is, I I still I'm lost on this. Why LeBron would maybe he did. Maybe he watched our show yesterday and they went to El Segundo and said, how about we do happening. a James Harden kind of a deal where we no. take a lot less? He, you know, not- OK, Shannon, you know, he could take there's no law against this. You, you could do the James Harden deal where you take like three point one veterans minimum, three point one million dollars. But then you have a wink, wink, handshake deal where by in the, the next year you get the max. But you could you could really I think you could increase their their cap chances, their their available cap money to seventy six million. If you took three million this year, I don't why know I why do you wouldn't make the moves to help the Lakers win now.
1: Why? Why would? Why, why would a, a millionaire take less money? So a billionaire, and I'm not so sure that they know what to do with it anyway. No, that's not my responsibility. No, time out.
2: Wait, LeBron
1: is a billionaire, right? I know, okay. and that's how we became a billionaire by not giving money back. He said, I, t- I played four years under less than a max contract. I'm never doing that again. So that being said, we know where he stands on that issue. The only thing that he and Rich Paul wanted clarification on is that we're still in the market trying to move Russ. We're still on the market trying to improve this ball club to give us the best chance to win. Because LeBron James, a healthy LeBron, hopefully AD looks like he's been working out. And uh, he's going to come back and he's able to stay. If he can give us 70 games, somewhere between 65 and 70 games, I can live with that. But I need A.D. hungry again. Mm. I'm not saying he wasn't hungry. I'm just saying the last two years he didn't eat. But I need A.D. to give me what he gave me his first year in L.A. When he came in hungry and with a point to prove, I need that A.D. to show back up again. If that A.D. shows up and LeBron James is healthy, whoo, somebody's Mm. in a heap of trouble. And you know how, how big a heap is.
2: Somebody might have been in a heap of trouble yesterday during this meeting (laughs) if, in fact, Jeannie Buss attended said meeting because Jeannie is strong enough to stand up to LeBron and say, "Uh, LeBron, now you're waiting and, and hoping we get rid of Russ. You're all but demanding we get rid of the guy that you wanted just a year ago. And we gave in to your wishes and our better judgment. And we got you, Russell Westbrook. And now we're not going to get you out from under Russell Westbrook because it would cost us our future. We would have to give up first-round picks in 27-29.
1: Do you remember the Lakers' future before LeBron James dropped out of the sky in their lap? Like you said, Tom Brady did for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you remember the Lakers in Genie's bus future before LeBron James come, came knocking on the door and says, I want to come play for you? Do you remember what the Lakers were?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I remember okay. the Showtime Lakers of Magic Johnson. Nah, I nah, remember nah, the nah, Shaq nah, nah, nah. and Kobe <laughs> Lakers. I remember Jeannie the Kobe and Gasol Lakers. I remember championship upon championship upon championship. The, 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 the ceiling is packed with banners. I,
1: yeah. I know all about the Lakers pre. Nah. LeBron, and yeah, that yeah no, the delicious phony whoa, 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 championship that you whoa, won. Whoa, you remember? You remember Kobe's last three years? Kobe retired in 2016, so we going back fell to 2013. He Yep, go ahead. Okay, 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 that happened. But I'm just saying, you remember what the Lakers? And I'm not talking about the Minneapolis Lakers. And I'm not talking about Showtime. And I'm not talking about Shaq and Kobe. And I'm not talking about Kobe and Powell. But there are lean years. That was not what the Lakers were accustomed to. They were not even close to winning a championship. And lo and behold, a guy knocks on their door when he knew where exactly where he was going, but he wanted to offer you his services. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really ask for a whole lot of return. He played the first year with those young guys. And then he made a recommendation that you go out and give me Anthony Davis and I'll bring you a title. He did that. Now he's telling you if you go out and get him, an- get him another piece. He'll bring you another title. Mm. Now he's a man of his word. Mm. Trust him,
2: uh, Shannon Sharp. I-, I don't know if you remember, but last year was a lean year for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Jeannie definitely remembers this because it's still very painful for her. Yeah. And they went 33 and 49 with 55 games from the quote unquote goat, as in phony goat. Yeah. And. A.D. was there on and off for a while, and Russ was there he the whole 40. way, and yeah, unfortunately, they missed the play-in tournament, and in so doing, in losing 49 games, LeBron lost his leverage. He lost his bargaining power, and now he's got to come to Genie with hat in hand and say, uh... I'm ready and eager to sign my two-year extension.
1: Well, he could have signed it yesterday. Why didn't he? Well, maybe they're close. Maybe they're drawing up the papers as we speak. Well, hold on. He could, they could have, uh, trust me, they got the papers. The papers hmm. are already drawn up. Yep. They would love mo- nothing more than have LeBron, Ramon, James on hmm. a contract. Hmm. But it's not there. So he is in no rush. Yeah, but because yeah. you know why? He still has the leverage, even though you don't he, believe he, he does.
2: He does not, and he does. Oh, Ramon! He, he you, you kept telling me <laughs> Ramon's got a whole year to make them sweat. He does. And he showed up yesterday on their doorstep. What are you doing,
1: Skip? He was gonna go to the facility to practice anyway. Oh. Did you not see him the day before uh. with Ronnie and Rice? Uh-huh. You saw that. So He's been short. It was coincidence. I was, go- I was, Skip. I was in that. I was go look. Look your skill. It's kind of like I'm headed that direction. You need a ride. I'm yeah. already going okay. that direction. Yeah. I'm not going out of my way. You make it seem like the man went out of his way.
2: Shannon, you know and I know, winning a championship is no longer LeBron's priority in his life. He's but you said it in the beginning. Them. You, you already told me that. Wh- Half the world thinks he's a goat and half the world thinks Michael's the goat. Correct. And nothing will change anybody's mind because everybody's dug in on one side or the other. Correct. So in LeBron's mind, he's four and six in the finals. And, Might uh, be and, five and six. Okay. Well, five and six, according to LaShannon Sharp, will not change his legacy or his the, the world's view of LeBron James. So Man. my point is all he wants to do is concentrate on staying healthy enough to pass Kareem Abdul Jabbar, a great Laker, for the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA, and he wants to do it in purple and gold in Hollywood on the the what used to be the staples floor, now obviously the crypt. They turned it into the crypt last year. Right. And the the point is that, that's all he really needs to do is just play this out. And maybe Bronny at some point could join him on the Lakers at the very end, maybe for his final year. You I'd love really. to see Bryce join him on the Lakers. I just don't know if LeBron can last that long or if he wants to last that long.
1: I, I just want to break it to you. The only competition with LeBron James is LeBron James and the man in the mirror. That's the competition he's up against now because he surpassed everybody else. He's only competing with the man in the mirror.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, so he's listening to Michael Jackson's song, right? That's when, they, when they go up and down <laughs> the five. <laughs> that's all he listens to is the man in there the mirror. There you go.
1: <laughs> okay. That's his competition. Okay.
2: But look, the, the point here is, I told you, it's just like Jerry Jones. If we win one, fine. But Jerry's got three. LeBron's got four. That They're late in their careers. And, and if it happens, that would be great. But there's no urgency on the part of LeBron, and he can huff and puff and try to blow the Lakers' house down, and you you got to make moves for me. Well, they're not going to undo the move that they made for him last year. He got his shot last year with Russ, and now – he made his bed, and he's going to have to sleep in his bed this whole year with Russ in the same bed with him because Russ, unfortunately, has a two-year deal and will cost Jeannie Bus $47 million this next season.
1: Oh, so you said they're not going to do anything? I'm going to hit you with that Usher. Watch
2: this. That's it. That's what's going to happen. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. Yeah.
1: Watch this. Tell me they ain't going to do nothing with no Russ. Why? Like Usher said. Watch
2: this. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Jeannie's saying watch this back to LeBron. <laughs> so again, I it's almost like LeBron's groveling here. I'm nah, pitiful. That you, that you, I, you,
1: I, I you never thought I'd see LeBron grovel. There you go. The man had the the, the man had a had a sit-down mm. with the high ups in the organization with his representative. And they're talking they're talking about yeah. the, the, the the course that they're gonna chart in order to get a championship. And now you you, you Somehow you deduce, oh, he's groveling. <laughs> they're,
2: they're probably there at like 6 a.m. yesterday
1: morning. We're here.
2: You, you guys ready? You got the papers ready? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I promise you that did not happen. Well, I, I don't know. I think LeBron's in sort of a sad state right now. But, but, hey, he's in L.A., so he's in the state of California. That's all that really matters. Man, you ought to be ashamed
1: of yourself. there is
0: never a lack of drama in La La Land. No. That's for sure. All right, guys, we will continue to watch how this unfolds for the king. But coming up, I know y'all both watched the Hall of Fame game last night. Speaking of which, will Ezekiel Elliott land himself a gold jacket? Plus, Skip and Shannon, they've got more information on the Deshaun Watson situation. That's all coming up next right here on Undisputed. No mercy.
3: Golden sands and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game winning touchdown on vacation. Now, Who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last. A lifetime, Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel.
0: The NFL is appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension, and the league has now chosen New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey to hear their appeal. The league reportedly wants an indefinite suspension for Watson that would be at least one year. Shannon, what did this tell you about how many games Deshaun will actually be suspended when all is said and done?
1: Well, it doesn't change how I felt yesterday, Skip. There's a reason why they, they took this course. They were not happy with the, uh, the six games that he got. And then when you only get six games, Skip, you don't control him. You see what happens is if you suspend somewhat indefinitely, you can recommend that they go. No, you don't recommend it. You say you go get counseling. Now the counselors can show that well, he's remorseful. He's shown contrition. Or because as Judge Sue Robinson wrote, he didn't seem very remorseful for his actions. So now he comes back before them after a year skip, he doesn't seem remorseful. Commissioner gets to say, well, I haven't seen the contrition that I needed to see, therefore he's suspended again. So that's what the NFL want because they heard the public outcry and so they want to try to quell this storm to say, see, we did everything we possibly could. Not only did we suspend him, we recommended that he got get counseling and we took another eight to 12 million dollars out of his pocket. This was because the way the agents, the agent, Deshaun's uh, representative and the Cleveland Browns structured the contract, they took a lot of money out of the first year. Kicked it back the subsequent years, knowing that LeBron, LeBron, that Deshaun was going to get suspended at some point or they felt very comfortable. They probably had a, like a 95 percent chance that Deshaun is going to get suspended. So what we're going to do is that we're going to put the first year at a minimum salary. So if he gets suspended for any length of time, Skip, it's not it's not going to sting like if he had a 20 million dollar or 15, 20 million dollars in that first year. So now you go away for uh, uh, an entire year. You lose $15, $20 million. So for me, I, it, look, it's not fair that the NFL, I get to file an appeal to the person that works for me. So Deshaun Watson has to go before a person that works for the NFL, although the NFL is filing the appeal against him. How That doesn't seem fair. It is the system that's in place. The players agree to it. But let me tell you what happens, Skip. There's a lot of laws that's on the books. I don't really care about him because you know what I'm saying, Skip? I don't believe I'm ever going to have to face a man in a black robe, so I don't need to worry about him. And I'm sure that's how all the players think. Man, let me get this money. Let me get a couple of these extra practice days that we don't have to practice and pass, and I don't care if commissioner. And lo and behold, a funny thing happened that Deshaun had to go before the commissioner. I'm sure he's thinking now, man, I sure wish a lot more of us had stuck together and we waited this out, and he would have been removed, totally removed. From this equation but it is the process that they agreed to in article 46 of the cba so for me we know where this is headed we're because one more thing skip before i turn over to you so let's just say i go to court now they've always tried to hook me they say, well shannon what we this thing carries like a 20 year sentence but we're willing to work with you for 10 i say nah 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 i'm good i'm good i'm gonna take my chances i get off you file appeal, so now we want to give you more time than we actually recommended. Because remember, Skip, they said 12 games. Now they want the full indefinite. They, they, they're trying to reach a settlement, so now they lose. They say, Nah, now nah, we want the whole shebang. We want it all. We want the indefinite suspension. Now we're gonna we're gonna demand that you go to counseling and show contrition, and we're gonna have counselors come in and they're gonna talk to us. Do you believe he's shown contrition? This is what I believe. This is what I know about apolo- apology, Skip. A lot of times when people apologize, the first thing they say, he or she is only saying that because they were forced to. He or she is only saying that to get back in the said job or said whatever it is. So if even if Deshaun comes out and says, you know what? I'm really I'm really remorseful. I'm really sorry for what transpired. I understand that words means nothing. The best apology is change behavior. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure something like this never, ever happens again. And my name isn't associated with that. People say, oh, man, Deshaun, you full of it. All you try to do is make sure the NFL don't suspend you for a whole year and you lose eight to twelve million dollars. So that's where he that's what he's up against. So it doesn't change me. The NFL want their pound of flesh. They didn't get it from Judge Sue Robinson, so they're going to this guy who actually is a consultant, Skip. If I'm not mistaken, if I read correctly, he was uh, he also. Now I don't know if he recommended Zeke get suspended or the length of Zeke's suspension, but he was an advisor on the Zeke Elliott case. He has advised the NFL in arbitration uh, uh, hearings with uh, with some some teams, so he's very familiar. With the NFL, and as a consultant, last I checked, consultants get played. And consultants, if you consult with a company, therefore you are an employee of the company.
3: Mm.
2: You done? I'm done. Whew. Good. My turn. <laughs> <sighs> and I have a lot to say about this. Okay. My biggest takeaway is that Commissioner Goodell just dropped the hammer on Deshaun Watson, and the hammer's name is Peter C. Harvey, friend of the NFL. (laughs) So let's quickly reiterate what Sue L. Robinson ruled on the NFL's problem with Deshaun Watson. The NFL alleged that Deshaun engaged in sexual assault, and Sue L. Robinson said absolutely correct, 100% he did. The NFL alleged that Deshaun... His conduct posed a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person. And Sue L. said, absolutely. I interviewed four of them and absolutely in each case posed a genuine danger. Allegation number three, that Deshaun's conduct has undermined the integrity of the NFL. And Suell said, boom, dropped her gavel. Absolutely, you are 100% correct, NFL. It's almost like if you do it as a football score, Suell said, NFL, you just beat Deshaun 50 to nothing. But, (laughs) but, wait a second, your bylaws don't allow me to go much farther than six, to go any farther than six games. Right. And your precedents, the way you've ruled before, definitely, they they barely allow me to go up to six games. So I'm sorry, NFL. I've got to give you the L on this one. So let's say you lose this game three to two. That's really what she said. <laughs> you lose three to two because I can only give Deshaun six games, even though his actions are predatory and Egregious. He, she, she declared in her ruling, "This is the most egregious case of of this ilk that that the NFL has ever reviewed, ever researched." Correct. Yes. Okay. So, Rogers, uh, beside himself, because in the end, Suell even chastises the NFL and says, you're forward facing, but you're not forward looking because you didn't anticipate any of this kind of thing happening. So you, you don't give me any authority within the confines of your bylaws to rule correctly on it. So she threw up her hands. She washed her hands and said, Roger, the ball's back in your court. And Roger said, well, I guess we're back to where we started. We're back to Article 46 because I still hold the hammer. I can appeal, and they did. We didn't think maybe Roger would appeal because this was the first test case of this new system designed to save the NFL from itself. But instead, Roger said, "I, I appeal. And now Roger has the ability to rule himself, or he can pick somebody else to help him rule. And he picked Peter C. Harvey. And to your point, Peter C. advised, Roger, on the Ezekiel Elliott situation back in uh, 2017. So what do we know about Peter C. Harvey? Okay, so he went to Morgan State and then Columbia Law School, former attorney general of New Jersey, a former federal prosecutor. Uh, He is a member of the NFL's Diversity Advisory Committee, consulting on obviously, racial and and gender hiring in the NFL. And we know that Peter C. has made lots. I looked at there just multiple lists of most influential black lawyers in America and most influential black Americans in America. And the NFL statement said that the NFL's appeal addresses whether based on the findings made by Judge Robinson The discipline should be modified to include, as you pointed out, Shannon, a professional evaluation and treatment as determined by a medical expert (laughs) and an appropriate fine, as you just said, and a longer suspension. And they are pushing again for indefinite, meaning you've got to come back to us after a year and prove to us that you have successfully undergone said treatment. Okay. Okay. So they rave about Peter C. in in their statement that they released yesterday because they said Mr. Harvey has deep expertise in criminal law, including domestic violence and sexual assault, and has advised the NFL and other professional leagues on the development and implementation of workplace policies. Blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So skip skip, skip. If you remember, they also heap praise on Sue Robinson. Judge well, the sure. honorable we'll Judge wait. Sue Robinson okay. because she was a for, she was a former judge, a former federal judge. Okay. So she she has to be as equally as qualified as Peter Harvey. Yeah, They're but she, seem- she had not
2: handled cases involving sexual misconduct to my knowledge, I think I read that she, that was not her expertise. So go right. ahead,
1: go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but, I'm, yeah. but I'm, I, I just think the thing is, Skip, it's not like she was like, she's just looking at, okay, this is what you presented me. Yes, exactly. This she, is what they presented me. She was not, a judge. Not, yeah,
2: she, yes. Yeah, that's her, a fact. But- that's the way she's always operated. You bring right. me this case, NFLPA. You bring me your case, and I will rule based on precedents
1: because that's how and, judges rule. Okay. And what, and what? And what? Skip. And every time uh, Tom Brady and Zeke they went before the appellate court, what does the judge say? The judge says, "You want me to undo the precedent? Uh, you want me to, to tear up a document that your that your union signed?" So that's the precedent. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. Judge Sue Robinson said, you want me to go above what you got on your own books. So in other words, you want me to create another book to do, do what you should have done, what you should have had written in your bylaws, because if you should have saw this coming, once you had a Ray Rice situation and an Adrian Peterson situation, you should have sat down and started thinking, okay, what if somebody have multiple of these? What if, there, if this is over a prolonged period of time? What is the fine then? That's what she was saying, what you should have done. But because you didn't do that, Mm -mm. you want me to do something you didn't do. And that's not what a judge
2: is to do. Not what a judge does. But Peter C. Harvey did advise Roger, as you correctly pointed out, on the Zeke case. What did we know about the Ezekiel Elliott case? There was a single accuser, a sole accuser. Who was not found credible by two different police departments? I believe it was in Columbus, Ohio, and and in Atlanta, Miami.
1: Some, some, Miami. I think it was Miami. Maybe it's Skip.
2: Miami. Okay, yeah, you, you got me. But there, the two different separate police departments ruled that way, and then Kia Robbers, who worked a, a, for the a, NFL, who, who was a member of of that unit within the NFL investigating sexual misconduct, interviewed said accuser, and wrote a report saying, I do not find her testimony credible. That was rejected, and she was eventually let go by the NFL because that pretty much gummed up the works at that moment. And yet and still, thanks to the advising from Peter C. Harvey, Roger Goodell handed down a 6 game suspension. It took much of 2017 till we got there because Zeke as you pointed out went to court and won the first round. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's about all you're going to get because when it goes to appeals court, you're going to lose to article 46 because the appeals court's going to say, "Well, he's got the hammer. He he can do right. in the end he can do whatever he wants to do." And right. he gave Zeke a six-game suspension, even though, reportedly, Jerry Jones challenged the NFL's Lisa Friel at an owner's meeting. The, as a meeting broke up, he went up to her, and according to the report, got up in her face, not that he was angry, but he was just adamant, saying, Lisa, there's nothing no there. there. There's, there's no nothing there. 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 L- like, w- w- what are we doing here? And it was not four games. It was six games that Zeke right. got. So. If Peter C. was right in the middle of that one, I'm, I'm going to say there's a precedent set, right? And the precedent yeah. would say that Peter C. would rule in favor of the National Football League, one year suspension indefinite pending the successful yes. completion of said counseling. counseling. And, right. and, and also, we need to see, as you point out, we need to see a little contrition here that you understand the errors of your many ways. Because the New York Times had reported that you went to at least 66 different female massage therapists and your goal each time was not therapeutic, it was sex. So again,
1: that that would constitute a problem that needs to be addressed. But Skip, what does this say about a person that works within your organization, writes up a report, that recommends that the person that you tried to, that you said did this, I don't believe the person that's accusing him. As you mentioned, two departments failed to file, say, we don't believe your testimony. Uh, the person that the NFL, so what the NFL is doing, no matter if you work for them or not, if we don't like the ruling that you give us, we're gonna take it out of your hands and we're gonna go because we know we gotta always fail proof. Article 46 will always allow, no matter what transpires, it will always allow us to come get this man in the end yep. because give it like the old Western, the, the, the good guy all, in the end, the good guy always going to get the bad guy in the Western. That's just the way that's just the way it works out. And so the NFL says we're always going to be the good guy. And if you come before us, that me automatically qualifies you as the bad guy. So we got to get you. One way or another, either the ruling rules in our favor to begin with, or we'll appeal said ruling. And then we'll come on back to Article 46. We'll take it to the, uh, 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 the appellate court. Because so now what, what if, if Deshaun Watson loses? they give him a year. He appeals. He's going to have to go to the appellate court and the appellate court's going to say, hey, the president's already established. You gave this man the power to be judge. jury, and executioner. There's really nothing I can do. I'm not going to undo the bad deal that you signed. OK, would you
2: anticipate that now the NFLPA will appeal this move and maybe try to take it to court, even though, you know, and I know that's a dead end street in the end? Yeah,
1: might as well. You might as well. It costs you was, a lot I, of money. But, you know, what? I think the thing is, Skip, look, I'm, I'm going to let it play out. I'm going to see it with Judge Harvey. Uh, see what he rules, and then if it's not, if it's a rule, hey, I'm gonna be like the NFL. If they give me a ruling I don't like, I'm gonna appeal it, just like they did. Knowing probably you're right, it's going to lead to a dead end, but just on a matter of principle, I've got to do it because the matter of principle, of this it doesn't look good, Skip. No, uh, the, the 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 company that's that's filing the appeal is appealing to a member that works for them. How do I suppose to get a fair trial? I mean, even the judges, I mean, even the judges are looking at that like. This is a sham system, but it's the system that you agreed to. Okay, but we thought the new system
2: would, would almost emotionally prevent Commissioner Goodell from appealing because you and I thought last Monday, five days ago, that, gee— Roger's in a tough spot here, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because
1: if he appeals, he he completely undercuts the new system that was in place. Right. But he did. Right. You might as well get away with the new, might as well do away with the new system. Yeah. Because anytime the NFL gets a ruling that they don't like, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna take it out, they're gonna peel it, and they're gonna send it to Peter Harvey or someone else that's a consultant to the NFL. Yep. And they're gonna because they, when they want their pound of flesh Skip, they're gonna get there, they want their pound of flesh. And they want their pound of flesh from Deshaun because these groups, they they hear the cries. I can't believe he got six games. There were 24 women. He settled with with 24 women, yada yada yada. I get all of that. I get it. And the NFL says, look. We did all we could. We went for a, a, a indefinite suspension. We tr- we sought counseling, and we got eight to twelve million dollar fine. I don't really know what else we can do more than that.
2: And by the way, to your point about the negotiating offer that went back and forth just before the ruling came out, yeah, that, that's an ESPN report that the the league offered twelve games and what was it, eight million as a fine? Yeah, yes. I, I, again, I'm not disputing what ESPN reported, but I. I I find that a little hazy in there because now the NFL's saying that's completely off the table and they have gone adamantly back. And maybe it's because of public outcry and backlash right. to uh, we got to have indefinite
1: one year. Mm hmm. Well, that's what Skip. That's what normally happens. If yeah. they offer you a plea deal, you say no. I'm gonna take it to trial. You don't get the plea deal that you didn't agree to. Yeah. After, if you don't win, you got the, you you up against the state. You now the state has you in their crosshairs. But Skip, it's just it's it's, it's a it's a bad it's a really bad look for the NFL because you had an independent judge, Sue Robinson, was independent, somebody that you both agreed on. Yeah. And because you didn't like the outcome, now you take it in another direction. So the players are asking themselves also. What can an owner do to get an indefinite suspension? <laughs> what can he do? Because there's a situation that's going on up in Washington yeah. that, had, that transpired over many, many years, Skip. It
2: did. Yep. And he
1: got no fine. I mean, he got a fine, but he got no suspension and no recommended of suspension, and they hear the report. Mm. Say, so, well, we got to... Skip, when you ever heard somebody, you got to ask the person to, to uh, release the report.
2: It's good being king,
1: right? It, 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 boy, the king... It's good to be him, Skip. It's good to be him. I got it.
0: Well, gentlemen, to your points, the Players Association has until close of business today to issue some sort of response in writing. So we'll find out their next move coming up very shortly in the next few hours. All right, moving on, guys. Zeke Elliott. ship your guy has his eyes set on a 10,000 rushing yards mark. Eventually, he's hoping for a trip to Canton. The running back says, quote, obviously, that's a goal winning a Super Bowl, getting a gold jacket. There's not many guys with gold jackets that did not rush for 10,000 yards. John Machado of The Athletic reports, Elliot currently sits at 7,386. Oh, what, he's got 200 and change to go. Shannon, on a scale of one to 10, what chance do you give Zeke of making the Hall of Fame?
1: I'm going to give him a one because it would require a huge turnaround in his career, Skip. And it's not so much the 10,000 yards. You look at the guys that got those and you look at their numbers and you look at how they got it. Okay, we take a, let's just take a guy like Gale Sayers, Skip, and he had a very, very short career. He wasn't even close to 10,000 yards, no. but he was dynamic. He was electric. You look at another, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, not close to 10,000 yards, but when you're the greatest postseason running back in NFL history, yep. average 142 rush yards per game in his postseason career, you win a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a 2,000-yard rush season, you can understand why. But I'm looking at Zeke, and I'm looking at his resume. Okay, he went to the Pro Bowl three of his first four seasons. He has two rushing titles. But if you look at Zeke's last three seasons, I mean, come on, Skip, what are we doing here? Mm. The guy got 65 yards uh, per game and 59 yards. So it will require a huge turnaround. At some point, he need to be in contention for a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. But... This is not the Hall of Very. I mean, we got. This is not the Hall of Very Good. And everybody that says that I want a gold jacket, that doesn't mean like, man, he want a gold jacket. So let's put one on him. Damn, it's the Hall of Great. It's excellent. It's it's not the Hall of Longevity. Just because you play 15, 20 years, that doesn't mean you belong in Canton. Mm. Just because you had a two, a, a, a two or three great seasons, that doesn't mean you belong in Canton. And I think sometimes we're getting away from what that means. I mean, I hate skip. You know, I hate talking about I, this. I
2: know you do. I got <laughs> it, God, and I appreciate you, that. And for those but, who but don't I, know, you you actually have a gold jacket. But go ahead. I,
1: I was member number two sixty seven. <sighs> um, but you know, and I, and, and I'm not you're like, look, I, I'm not a voter. They got fifty men and women that do a great job. They hear, you know, he did this, he did that. But we just got to stop just because somebody had a couple of good seasons. That all of a sudden they say, I want a gold jacket. Okay, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. Mm.
2: Okay. This is a tough one for me. I'm lifelong diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, as you painfully know all too well. And just because I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm going to answer Jen's question, scale of one to 10, Hall of Fame for Zeke. I, I'll I'll agree with you. I'll give it a one, but that's my heart saying one because my head is saying zero, <laughs> zero chance. And Shannon, in all my years of Closely observing, covering the game that you played, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like the rise and fall of Ezekiel Elliott in the NFL. We know what he did at the Ohio State. Correct. He literally ran them to a national championship. i I'd never seen anything like those games. Right. we've— Enumerated those games many times before. It was his second to last year at Ohio State, but but he just ran wild on the world, starting in the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, and then oh Lord have mercy, I I just never seen anything like Alabama and Oregon in the
0: mm-hmm.
2: the finals, and then he hit the NFL and he hit it like a tornado, and to your point, he won the rushing titles in the first two year. Actually led the League in yards per game rushing his, his first, first three years. years. But he goes, 109 a game, 98 a game, 96 a game. And I'm like, go, Zeke, go. And I got a picture of Zeke on my my nightstand, my bedroom. And then Jerry finally caved in as Zeke was holding out in Cabo San Lucas, the, the site of which Jerry Jones first got the inkling to purchase the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what happened? Jerry caved in and he gave— Zeke his money, and that contract that he gave Zeke after his first three years in this league still stands, still stands to this day as the largest running back contract in the whole league. That is mind-boggling to me because it's almost like Zeke got his money and hit the running back wall all at the same time. And I'm not saying he didn't try. I'm not saying he didn't work out. I'm not saying that he just hit the wall, and all of a sudden— he lost just a little bit of burst and a little bit of electricity and, and a little bit of elusivity. And I I don't know, maybe maybe he just wasn't quite as hungry as he was before once he got paid. But man, all of a sudden he falls off to 85 yards a game. And then you just pointed out 65 two years ago, 59 last year. It's, it's a 50-yard drop over six seasons in yards per game. A 50-yard drop? And usually, Shannon, I would attribute said demise to a a career-threatening injury. It would usually be an ACL, right? Could be an Achilles tendon, maybe a shoulder, but probably a knee or an Achilles. Would you believe that Zeke has had no major injuries? Not one that I'm aware of. He did have a sprained PCL, according to him and the team last year, but he continued to play with it. And is it is it some excuse? I'll give him a little bit of excuse, but but he continued to play. And Shannon Sharp always tells me, you get out, you walk out that locker room door and step on that football field, you're playing. No more excuses. Yep. Right. So he, he whatever. He played through it. Maybe he wasn't quite what he was. He had a little burst in the first four games last year. But you realize he has played eighty-eight of the eighty-nine games that he could have played in in the National Football League. He missed one with a calf injury. And he did get suspended, obviously, for the six games. And then there were there were two games he didn't play when, he when they were in the playoffs at the end of the game. You know, I mean, sorry, at the end of the season, it was 2016, 2018, he didn't play the mm-hmm. final game. Didn't play the final game last year either. So my, my point is that in the games that, that he could have played – where where he was eligible to play or the team wasn't holding him out, he's played an eighty-eight of eighty-nine. Well, for a running back, have you ever heard anything like that? And that, th- that Isn't that like all time, all-time durability. Right. Yeah, well, so you, he doesn't have the injury excuse whatsoever. And and yet he just hit the wall. And yeah. Shannon, it, it first struck me that the first point that I had. A tiny bit of creeping doubt about Zeke. Remember the game out here at the Coliseum following the 2018 season? Mm -hmm. They had beaten Seattle and Russell Wilson at home. Dak was the star of that game. Zeke was pretty Mm -hmm. good in that game. And, And then they come out here to play the Rams, and they literally got run off the field by the Rams. But the game was still hanging in the balance, when the third quarter ended and they had the quarter break from the third to the first, the first play of the fourth quarter for Jason Garrett and coaching staff to decide what are we going to do on fourth and short at the Rams 35-yard line. They were trailing by eight at that point. The Cowboys were 23 to 15. And you could do a lot of things. You could put the ball in Dak's hands. You you could, you could do a lot of different things. You could roll out Dak. You, you could do any sort of quick pass. You could flip it to Zeke in the flat if you wanted to. And you know what they chose to do? They chose to go right at the Rams' strength, Aaron Donald, with Ezekiel Elliott. If we could see that play, this was the result of the play in the game that year. Uh, 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 Didn't make it. And usually, Ezekiel Elliott makes that play because, as you know, Shannon, for the first three years, he literally could run through brick walls. He, yeah. he could just get it with guts and heart and, and just sort of supreme athletic ability where, where he would just, he would like bend himself in a different, almost like shapeshift at the line of scrimmage to get, it was only like a half a yard and, and he couldn't get it. And that was the first sign of mortality in Ezekiel Elliott that I'd seen, and then Shannon, remember the game the next year that drove home the point like nail and coffin point, was it was a November 10th game against Minnesota. Remember it was on a Sunday night oh, yeah. at Jerry World, and it's a nip tuck game, and it's Kirk Cousins versus Dak, and and Dak heated up. Dak actually played very well in the game, and late in the game, the Cowboys got the ball at their six yard line. They were trailing 28 to 24. And Dak goes crazy hot and completes passes of 20, 10, 13, 28, and 8. Moves the Cowboys all the way from their 6 all the way down to Minnesota's 11, where it was 2nd and 2. And, of course, I'm, I'm at home screaming, Go Dak, go. And I hope they continue to throw the football. And could we see the next three plays and out for the Dallas Cowboys down 28 to 24? Zeke goes nowhere. That was Zeke for zero. Then Zeke tries it again and tries to burst, and that's minus three. Again, it looked like the, the, the blocking broke completely down. And then they try Zeke on an out route, and he's just covered. He's just not even open, and it's a force from Dak to Zeke that's just not there. So they went twice to Zeke by handoff, once to Zeke on a little out route, a little option route mm-hmm. that, that failed miserably. And to me, I was losing my mind at home because it's like you took the game out of Dak's hands and put it in Zeke's hands because at that point, the coaching staff believed more in Zeke than it did in Dak. Right. And you can make the case that Dak carried—I'm sorry, Zeke carried Dak to his greatest days as a Cowboy through his rookie year, you know, even through the 2018 year, where where you always had— Riding shotgun was always Zeke. And and when push came to shove, it was Zeke who got the biggest yards in the game, not Dak. Well, that changed dramatically starting with that final play of the Rams game as far as the Cowboys being in the game, and then the Minnesota game.
1: Well, Skip, I would look at it. I would say he would be trending in the right direction even if he didn't give you the 108 and the 98 or the 96, even if he had given you continued on the 85 because 85 over 16 17 yep. games skip now you're looking at 13 1400 yards but when you're barely breaking 1000 yards and you're in your prime he's trending in the wrong direction howby I mean, skip you you mentioned Zeke is what 26 27
2: he's just, he turned just turned 27 late July yeah he's entering he, yeah he will enter his seventh year in the league this year
1: so he should be he should be in his prime I would think he so. Should, He should be uh, 14, 13, 1,400 yards, not barely getting 1,000. Agreed. And yet,
2: (laughs) I'm doing the math. Based on the 59 yards a game he averaged last year, it would take him 43 more games at that clip to break 10,000. Well, (laughs) Shannon, (laughs) seriously, as much as I have loved Ezekiel Elliott, think about this. If— if he continues to trend downward, let's say he winds up with just 50 yards a game this year. This is make or break because after this year, the Cowboys have, have no more reason to keep him because they can cut him without much penalty on, on, on the salary cap. Correct. So, so this is like do or die. This is a, a virtual contract year for, for Zeke, that even though he's got one more year after this on his Cowboy contract. Right. But they could cut him. And let's say it's it's. 45 or 50 yards a game, if they cut him, I'm not sure anybody else would jump on him as a free agent. They might bring him to camp to see what he looked like, but is it possible as he's trended down so far that that this could be worst-case scenario, Zeke's final year in the National Football League? I think that's a possibility. I think that's what Zeke
1: is facing. Well, you mentioned the word resurgence because we'll be asking Zeke to do something we haven't seen an NFL running back do in the history of the game. Yeah, be great, have a downturn for three years, and then pick Just back turn up. Turn it right back on. Yeah, yeah, we we have we haven't seen a running back do that Skip. And so to ask Zeke to do that, with, now plus you got to remember Skip, he do got a lot of miles. He got a lot of carries in those legs, yeah. Because you have to realize how much they ran him through those first three years they when did. he was the focal point of the offense. Yeah, and he caught so a the, lot of
2: balls too. Go yes, ahead.
1: yeah. So I, I just, I, I just don't see the trajectory in which he can pick back up and get back on that pace. Where and the voters are going to say, you know what, yeah. He's Hall of Fame worthy. I just don't see it. I'm not saying that's why I gave it a one. Anything can happen, but I don't see that happening.
2: Well, he had a three-year Hall of Fame period, but yeah, but yeah. it wasn't like they're winning three straight Super Bowls like your man TD was doing.
1: Right, or or, or you know, or going to the AFC Championship, no. uh, NFC Championship no. game. No. I mean, you can't be one and done. No, I got it. Still rooting for you, Zeke. Right.
0: Voters want to see consistency. That's for sure. Guys, speaking of the Hall of Fame, congratulations to this year's eight inductees. You got the gold jacket dinner tonight and then the enshrinement tomorrow. All right. Next up on Undisputed's itinerary this morning, have we learned the actual reason why Kevin Durant hasn't been traded? Skip and Chan and break it all down when we come back. No mercy. All right. Who's counting? But it has been a month. After requesting a trade from the Nets for Kevin Durant, and he remains on Brooklyn's roster. Sources suggesting pessimism around getting KD traded stems, one, not only from a holding pattern between the Nets and potential teams for Durant, but also no other teams want to help Brooklyn out? All right, guys, let's dig into this one. Shannon, what is going on here?
1: Skip, I, I don't, I believe it, the teams don't want to help Kevin Durant force his way out. I think they're trying to side with, Skip, four years, that, that, that's like, hold on, this is a bridge too far. Now, damn it, we understand one year when you tell the team, I, I'm not going to resign, let's go ahead and try to move me. But Skip, at the beginning of a four-year contract, and they're looking at this like, this is the bridge too far. And I believe, I really believe that the teams are like, hold on, it's either now nah, or ne- never. Either we draw our line in the sand now, or there's, there's going to be retreat going on for the foreseeable future. And so there might be a situation, Skip. Teams are not wanting to blow up their young nucleus because of Kevin Durant's mercurialism or his, his wishy-washiness because they're looking at it, Skip. You had the best situation in Golden State. You were winning championships. You were finals MVP. They played beautiful basketball and you walked away from that. Tell me the situation currently that you can find in the NBA that has it better than Golden State. Everybody talks about how they allow the families on occasion to fly with said players. They talk about the -the state-of-the-art training facility and how they treat their players. So you're not going to find it any better than what Golden State. And we want to take on that because we're not Golden State. We don't have that kind of nucleus with Trey, Clay, and Steph. We don't have a Bob Myers. We don't have a Steve Kerr in ownership that will spend to the umpteenth degree even (laughs) going— Going to salary cap, hell, Skip, they played the luxury tax on top of luxury tax and a repeater tax. And Kevin Durant wasn't even happy with that. So I believe there's a lot at play here, Skip. I believe teams are saying, look here, we're gonna help we're gonna help the Brooklyn Nets out by not trading for them because we wanna stop some of these superstars of demanding a trade and getting out of contracts when they got three to four years left on them. But also, I'm not going to blow up my nucleus and then have Kevin Durant after one year say, you know what, I'm ready to move on, kind of like what James Harden did to the Brooklyn Nets. So I think there are two things at play here, Skip.
2: <sighs> okay, on your first order business, there is some possible truth to your contention that that all the league owners... have decided that they're going to dig back in and and not, not help Kevin get out of Brooklyn the way he has demanded to get out or at least requested to get out of Brooklyn. Right. And I, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm not saying they all conspired. It's just sort of a, a general theme among owners that, that hey, we, we at least have to fight for what, what we've earned and Kevin signed a deal that has four more years on it, and you can't just suddenly say I want out because James just forced his way out of Houston and out of Brooklyn, and it's it's a bad look for the league. I, I've gone so far as to if if you let this keep happening, you're going to kill the golden goose. Where yeah, I, I think your TV ratings are going to suffer because a lot of people I think are already miffed at the NBA, already falling out of love with the NBA because. It, it just doesn't feel right. It's no fun to root for these guys if, if they're just going to blow up contracts or ignore contracts or, or disrespect what, what they've signed on to do. So with Kevin, he has become the easiest, biggest target in sports. And it, it's because of, of this. And, and again, started with the Russ, he left Russ high and dry. And then he joined forces with a team that had been 73 and nine. And, and now he wants out of Brooklyn and, and it's after they got blown out in the first round in four games by Boston. okay right. So I, I understand that part of it, but now we get down to the the quote in question from a, a team source, no one wants to help Brooklyn in parentheses Brooklyn get a deal done. Well, we're talking about facilitating the trade. We're talking right. about being a third or fourth party Fourteen. involved that would make a trade happen where you would still gain from it. And so my problem is I'm, I'm calling baloney on this, this quote because, hey, th- th- these teams are still in the business of winning and the reason other teams do facilitate trades is because they win from it, they, they gain from it. So if you brought a team a really good deal, I, I don't think they're saying no to it. It's not like they don't want to help because it's not like anybody's in the business of helping anybody in this league. Right. See, Lakers, I don't think anybody wants to say, yeah, we'll help you get Russell Westbrook <laughs> out of your right. hair. Well, they're, they're not going to do it. They're, they're going to want a lot because you're going to have to pay them to take Russ and his $47 million off your hands. So well, in, in this case, go ahead.
1: Skip, out, but I'm thinking— and, and, and help them out, I think it has more to do with help them out. I think they're trying to help the, the Brooklyn Nets out, keep Kevin Durant because they don't want to see this trend continue. Because okay. four year skip, four years left. We saw James Harden. He he however he got his way out of Houston. But he got out. He did. And then guess what? After one year, basically one year, he got his way out of Brooklyn. And so they're like, well, hold on. So so these contracts don't mean anything now? And with Kevin at least and James had two years on the one in Houston, and then when he got there, he was going to be able—he was going to be able to, leave, you know, he could opt in or opt it out, and he could have opted out and been a total free agent, and you'd got nothing for him. But Kevin Durant has four years, Skip, and I do believe the the owners are trying to claw back some of the, so I mean, I mean, the owner has to be, be something, Skip. I got to have some control. I can't just pay you and then you get to leave whatever you want to. Damn.
2: <laughs> Look, I got that. I'm with you on that part. I I just balk at this inference that that Kevin Durant is is not good enough anymore at his advanced age to get the kind of deal that would open up Brooklyn's eyes enough to say, yeah, we'll take that deal, because I think you want to sell the narrative that. He's just not that good. Nobody really wants him, no. in, in part because he can't be trusted, to your point.
1: Yeah, yes. I, I, think, I think that has a lot to do with it, Skip, because if I blow up my nucleus, let's just say, and I use Sacramento, I give you Darren Fox, I give you De'Monte Sabonis, and maybe another player and two f- picks. And then, okay, that's my young core. But now, all of a sudden, Kevin Durant after a year, he looks around like, man, I don't think I can win here. I want out. Then what? And, that's, and that, that's the problem that teams are running into, Skip. And then the asking price. I mean, the, the Brooklyn, the worst thing that could have happened. And maybe they could have got fair market value, Skip. But when Minnesota, and I don't know what's in Minnesota's water, in the 10,000 lakes, one of them is contaminated. Because Fred Lynn, uh, the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, did that horrible deal with the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and comes along. They did another, the, the Timberwolves, do another horrible deal with Rudy Gobert. So, Skip, it's just natural. You and I both know it. Rudy Gobert can't hold a candle to Kevin Durant. No. And Rudy, Rudy Gobert went for four first rounders, the first round pick in this year draft which was Kessler and players. Yep. So if Rudy Gobert went for that, what is a two-time finals MVP, a league MVP, arguably one of the greatest guards in NBA history? What's he worth? Team said, well, not that. I'm not giving up that. Just because somebody else did a bad deal, that doesn't mean I've got to do a bad deal. And I understand that Kevin Durant is a better player than Rudy Gobert. But that was a horrible deal for Minnesota. I'm not going to do that deal.
2: Okay. I, I hear you. But in the biggest picture, trust me on this. I, I told you from day one, Brooklyn does not want to trade Kevin Durant at any price. What we don't know here, the X factor in this equation is you don't know what deals were offered that didn't get reported. You have no idea what Pat Riley has offered. And trust me on this. Trash. Hey, no, well, if Pat Riley, you you want to talk about taking a chance on Kevin Durant, Pat Riley will take a chance right now because he'll say, I'll go win a championship with Kevin Durant, and then I don't care what
1: mercurial he he turns out to be. But here's the thing, Skip. Any deal that doesn't start with Bam or Jimmy Butler, the Nets are saying there's a no-go. You're not finna give me no Max Kruse. You're not finna give me no Duncan Robinson or no Tyler Hero or no Kyle Lowry. Any deal that that does not include Bam out of bail, any deal that does not include Jimmy Butler is a non-starter. But how do
2: you know a deal hasn't been offered with Bam and maybe also with Jimmy? How do you know that?
1: that You don't know that. Skip, skip. Kevin Durant has proven, unless he's in Golden State, he's not winning with any other place. So you take Bam and Jimmy Butler, he's not winning in Miami. He's not. Did did you see
2: what he almost did to the Milwaukee Bucks just two years ago before Kyrie went completely south?
1: I saw he lost. That's what I saw. Everybody saw that. Everybody saw what you saw. I saw
2: Masterpiece. I saw Virtuoso. I saw only that guy, the best player on the planet, could do that one-on-five against the Bucs who were on their way to winning it all. He, uh, he came within a toenail of beating them with one of the great clutch shots in the history of the playoffs. That's the guy that everybody, that, that the Pat Riley's of the world, there's really only one a Pat, are clinging to saying, I want him. I I don't care about all this and that. I don't care about off-court. I don't care about thin-skinned. I I don't care about mood changes. Give me Kevin Durant, and I'll go win a championship because Pat Riley will go win a championship. If he had more firepower, more young players, more trade ammo, that deal would already be done. But the point is... Brooklyn doesn't want to do that deal. They want to keep Kevin because they have Kevin for four more years. And if they can get him to mend fences with Kyrie, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment here, then they'll be the favorite to win it all next year because there's only one Kevin Durant, and he's a lot more valuable right now than LeBron James is.
1: I I can't tell. Mm. I can't tell. But all I know is that masterpiece that you talk about Kevin Durant painted, which could have been the Mona Lisa, Giannis drew a chin strap on it. And then guess what? It rendered it useless. Hmm. Y'all just made that masterpiece that Kevin and Rand painted useless by putting the chin strap on the Mona Lisa. Did he now, really? who want that? Uh, yeah, who want that?
2: Well, uh, the Mona Lisa, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was almost finished, but Kevin ran just a toenails worth out of paint. He needed one last little drip of paint to finish the Mona Lisa, and yeah. unfortunately, his toenail was on the line. That's how great he was.
1: Yeah, and Yannick was saying, Skip, you think Kevin Durant about to win this? You about to win this game, don't you? Watch this. Watch this. Watch
3: this.
1: <laughs> yeah, you need to look at the man in the mirror. Is what you need to look at. <laughs> oh, that's GO James. Mm. That's GO James. I, now, yeah. let GO James be at 33. How many people you think would have lined up on GO James when he was leaving Cleveland when he came to LA? Mm. What you want, Cleveland? What you want for it?
2: Mm. The phony goat? I don't know. He's got He's got his set of problems, too. You, he got you problem. can't
1: always trust LeBron, either. Championships ain't one of them. Yeah. He might got a bunch of problems, but championships ain't one. Well, he's got six losses. All right, I'm going to jump that's, that's in and interrupt here
0: before <laughs> you, this goes it. completely <laughs> sideways. Now that we've broken down graffiti on the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Guys, I know you saw Josh McDaniels 2.0 last night. Are the Raiders now in the perfect spot to dethrone Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at AFC West? What's going to happen? Yeah. We're going to dive into that when we come back.
3: No mercy.
0: The Field of Dreams game is less than a week away now and Big Poppy has given everybody a free chance to win 10,000 bucks playing Fox Bet Super 6. Super 6 has already given away over $6 million to date. You could be next. Scan that QR code, download the app, and enter your picks for a free chance at the jackpot. All right, our first taste of NFL action for the season. The Raiders won last night's All-of-Fame game 27-11 over the Jaguars. Vegas' win total is 8.5, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. They have the worst odds, actually, to win the AFC West. Shannon, prediction time. Put on your analyst cap. Where will the Raiders finish this season in the AFC West?
1: Uh, unfortunately, I have them at the bottom. Scale-based. I mean, check this out. The AFC West have three of the four top teams. That's uh, with the best Super Bowl odds coming out of the AFC. The the Bills have the best odds. The Chiefs are two. The Chargers are three. The Broncos are four in the entire AFC. And those teams are all in the same division, the AFC West, with the Raiders. I believe that. Uh, look, I think the Raiders' offense is going to be dynamic. You get Waller; he's back healthy. Devontae Adams is legit. Hunter Renfro is better than people think. They look at him and be like, oh, man, I'm going to de- beat this dude up. And the next thing you know, Skip, he's taking off going for twenty yards after he a somebody out of the jock. So I do think offensively, they're going to be good. My question is defensively. Now, I know Max Crosby. He's going to give me a thousand percent effort on every single play. Chandler Jones concerns me, Skip. Chandler Jones had five sacks in the first game against Tennessee. The rest of the season, he had five and a half. That's concerning to me. The back end is not – I don't believe it's nearly as good as it needs to be in order for you to make a deep playoff run. The uh, the uh, the Chargers, I like the addition of Khalil Mack. Pair him with Bosa. I like J.C. Jackson on the back end. Pair him with a Derwin James. So, Skip, I think that the Chargers – Hey, we know what Herbert and that offense – we know what they can do offensively. They just need to get a few stops defensively, and hopefully, they Skip, they don't have to go for it 34 times – on fourth down this year, basically, they're going for it two times a game on fourth down. So, for me, I think, I, I think the Raiders are going to be at the bottom of the division. And uh, and, and uh, I got them at nine wins. I think I got them at nine. I got them at nine wins. I think you had them at 10 and seven. I got them at nine and eight.
2: Shannon Sharp, after I watched that game last night, I'm at least going up one game to 11 for the Raiders. Wow. Who did win 10 a year ago. Okay. I realize you can laugh at me if you choose. Feel free. It was the first preseason game, the <laughs> Hall of Fame game, and this was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, who look like they're going to be a little better this year. And yet you can take nothing away from that kind of preseason game except this. I just like the the Raiders' body language last night. I like the way they came across as a a group on the field. I I like the way they carried themselves, even the second and third teamers, because their body language looked like they were extremely confident, like they believe they're going to be really good this year, and and I think they're going to be really good. Yeah. I'm going to go completely out on the limb here. This feels like the team that could shock that division and win it this year. It, win the division? I do believe this, and I'll tell you wow. why. Wow. I do believe in Josh McDaniels, and, and I know it's hard for you to overcome what happened or didn't happen in his first head coaching stint with the Denver Broncos. It turned I think into I like a to,
1: disaster. I think I like him the second time around better than I do the first okay. time. I think he I, learned I do a valuable too. lesson.
2: I think he learned lots of lessons. I believe he can really call a game and call plays from situation to situation. And I, I keep trying to underrate Derek Carr and, and he keeps sort of proving me a little bit wrong and a little bit more wrong and a little bit more wrong. But, but the prospect of Josh McDaniels coaching him and calling plays for him and he's throwing to not just some receiver, but his college teammate with him, he, with whom he has a, a pretty deep bond who is, coincidentally, the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. You just mentioned Hunter, Renf- or Hunter Renfro. He, he, as a <laughs> slot-type receiver, I'm not sure there's anybody better. Cooper Cup plays more on the outside, obviously. Um, but, but Hunter Renfro is really underrated to me, and oh, he yeah. got his money. And we all know Darren Waller is just a pure pass-catching tight end. He's up there he's top three or four, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to talk about weaponry? That's some weaponry. And then I love Max Crosby. He grows on me every time I see him because to to your point, Max effort and big time ability. And I just think if you put Chandler Jones within the confines of this group, whatever he has left, he's going to give you. And I think he I, I think he'll be revitalized. I think that Arizona situation went from bad to worse, and and they they kept falling apart down the stretch. In part because the smallish quarterback got beat up and and fell apart. And if you give me Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, I got a chance. And right. you talk about the the back end and Jonathan Abram. I just I just like him. He he will bring the wood. He will yeah, lay but, the lumber on you. But he's not good in coverage, though, Skipper. Not, that's, that's not what... great. But that Trevor Morrig that they took in the second round, listen, I watched him a lot at TCU. He is a baller, and I believe he will help. And that Rakia Sin that they got now at cornerback was a second-round pick. I think they're better. I think they're going to be much improved on the back end. And then offensive line has always been a question, but Colton Miller was a mid-first-round pick, and and Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama was a mid-first-round pick, and that's your left tackle and your right tackle. So at least you've got cornerstone tackles who are mid-first-round picks, and I believe Josh will be able to work with that. And in the end, you, you you look at at this team and how confident it is versus the other three teams who have question marks to me because you're the first to say Mahomes is going to miss Tyreek. It's going to be a brave new world for Patrick Mahomes. Will he still be very good? Sure, he'll be very good. Will will he be a world beater next year? Well, he's coming off his worst year where he's down in every statistical category, even though you still defend him. But are you sure they're going to be quite as good as they have been
1: without the ultimate weapon in Tyreek,
2: I, I don't think Mahomes is going to be
1: quite as good. But I like I like the addition of Juju. I like the addition of Scott drafting Sky Moore. I like uh, Valdell Scanlon, um, who's, who from all reports that he and Juju have been having a very, a very, very good camp, and Sky Moore is starting to make a lot of plays, Skip. But to go back to your point about Josh McDaniel, Skip, Coach Belichick, how did he do the first time around as a coach? How did he do the second time around? Okay. Mike Shanahan, how did he do the first time around? Good, good how did point. he do the second? Agreed. Tony Tony Dungy, the second time around. So you got guys that they learned like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should do it like that. I'm sure Josh McDaniels now is a lot more secure, and he can be Josh. He went to Denver trying to be Coach Belichick 2.0. No, you're Josh McDaniel. Be the best Josh McDaniel, and that's good enough. So I think he learned a valuable lesson. I do, Skip. I do think they're going to be really, really good offensively because there's no doubt in my mind he can dial up the play calling. He's as good as we have in this league. I my agree. Concerns is, my concerns, are on the defensive side of the football. Okay. But if, like you said now, if Chandler Jones can give you, give you 11, 12, 13 sacks and Max Crosby continues to do what he's been doing, okay, now your back end is not going to have to hold up nearly no. as long.
2: Agreed. And – Quickly, on your Broncos, you got a brand-new, very young coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and you got a brand-new quarterback who's not brand-new. He's aging. He's a little beat up. Cook. Cook it, Russell. Is he going to cook? Cook. He, he, he did not cook last year in Seattle. Was that
1: his fault or their fault? Is he didn't he, want to be there anymore. Okay. He, didn't, he, he and Pete had them fell out. Pete wanted to do one thing, wanted, you know, wanted to still be a defensive-based run team, and Russ says, I need to cook. I'm a, I'm a full-fledged Michelin five-star chef, okay. and I need to cook, and you won't let me.
2: <laughs> All right, I have my doubts, and I also have some doubt about Justin Herbert, who you have crowned, you have anointed, and I'm he, not he a bad sold dude. completely. A bad too many interceptions, takes too many sacks, tries to take, make too much happen, holds the ball too long. I'm, I'm not completely sold. I'm more sold right now on Derek Carr than I am on Justin Herbert.
1: You ought to be ashamed. No,
2: nope, I'm not ashamed. I'm just telling you what my gut feeling was not. coming off that game last night. I, I think the Raiders are going to be the surprise of the NFL, and I'll bump it up to 11 games and say that will be just barely enough to win
1: the toughest division in pro football. You you must have had Taco Bell last night. You say you got a feeling because that's the only feeling that you got. You must have had Taco Bell because you ain't got no feeling about this prediction in the AFC West because that's mm-hmm. not good.
2: No, nope, I don't eat Taco Bell, so I don't even know. Oh. So. Okay. I I know you do. So No, I do not. I I've never had Taco Taco a Bell.
0: I don't need it either, <laughs> but I tell you what. Josh McDaniels looked organized, in control, and I really liked the play calling last night. I am so excited for this season to get started. And so excited for this next topic. Get ready, Shannon. Do you think the latest reports hurt Kyrie's chances of teaming up with LeBron? You would know. We'll give you the latest coming up next on Undisputed. No mercy. Drama in Brooklyn is really getting interesting. A source close to Kyrie says the seven-time all-star point guard is now in a, quote, good place with the Brooklyn Nets, and he feels comfortable entering the 2022-23 season with the team. Hmm, what a turn of development. Shannon, what percentage chance do you give the Lakers now of acquiring Kyrie?
1: But Skip, I'm trying to figure out why wouldn't he be in a good place with the the Nets? The Nets didn't wrong Kyrie. The the Nets have been nothing but very professional and very cordial and very accommodating to Kyrie Irving. He's in a good place with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, he needs to worry about Brooklyn being in a good place with him. They made it abundantly clear that his behavior and the way he's behaved over the last three years are unacceptable. But to answer Jen's question, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna say 20 to 25 percent because here's the thing, Skip. Everybody knows the uh, 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 the Los Angeles Lakers are desperate. They want to move Russell Westbrook. They know the clock is also ticking on LeBron James. So if you're desperate and your best player, the clock is ticking. What can I get? How much can I get out of you? How desperate are you? Skip, there's a reason why they charge $17, $18 for a beer at a ball game. Where else can you buy beer? <laughs> if you don't buy from that guess what you're not gonna drink beer at a, at a ball game at a sporting event mm. there's a reason why they charge you 10 bucks for a soda because if you want to watch it you sit there and die of thirst for two and a half hours or you pay the 10 bucks well the lakers if you want to get up off of russell westbrook it's gonna cost you those two first round picks because i know you desperate and i know you desperately want to get up off of him so everybody's trying to extract as much as they possibly can out of the lakers so for me this is not about uh, Kyrie being comfortable with the Brooklyn Nets. This is all about the Brooklyn Nets being comfortable with Kyrie. I don't believe they want Kyrie to be the leader of their ball club. I believe they want to get rid of Kyrie. I don't believe they're going to give him away. I believe that if somebody come in and say, okay, we got a, a comparable player, I'm not saying comparable, but a, de- a couple of decent players and some high draft picks, Kyrie Kyrie gone. He's going to get up out of there. Hmm.
2: Yet he's in a good place, says the report, with Brooklyn. <laughs> so the one X factor here that you have not dealt with, the last piece to the puzzle is, if Kyrie so badly wants to reunite with LeBron James in L.A., why hasn't Kyrie gone public with his trade demand by saying, I want to go to the Lakers? I'm not going to be happy in Brooklyn. Get me to L.A. Just the way James said, Get me out of Houston to Brooklyn. Get me out of Brooklyn to Philly. Why hasn't that happened yet?
1: It it not Skip. Look, this is what we know from what, everything that you've read and what I've read and what I've heard. There's one team that wants Kyrie Irving. That's the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Lakers are not try, Skip. They're doing everything they possibly can to hold on to 2029. 20, That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to hold on to 2029. 20, bad and everybody. Is that, that that could possibly do a deal with the Lakers, want 27 and 29. First round and Ru- picks, yeah. First round mm-hmm. draft picks, mm-hmm. because you remember, that's what Fab Fourche said about Russ. It's becoming very more and more difficult, and the Lakers are going to need to include additional compensation. Why? Because we know you want to get rid of said, said player. So if you want us to take him off your hand, how much are you willing to give for us to take this off your hands, Skip? How much are you willing to pay me to do this job for you?
2: Okay, but you want Kyrie, and you're still giving it a 25% chance that the Lakers will acquire Kyrie. 2025, yeah. Okay, well, okay, but, but your top end Quarter. is 25%. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, so that's don't, pretty good, huh? Don't, don't try to disqualify hey, it.
1: That, yeah. no, 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 that's pretty good. That, that's the, pretty good. Have so I the still...
2: guts, have the courage of your conviction hey, to say 25% so I... chance.
1: Hey, Skip, I so I like my odds. So I still. So in other words, you said I got a quarter of a chance, a hundred percent. So I got twenty-five. So I got twenty-five percent chance of landing him.
2: Okay, it's yeah. not over till it's over. You haven't heard a peep out of Kyrie about how he wants to go to L.A. because I don't know that he does because the report says he's in a good place with the team he wanted to play with in the first place yeah. because he yeah. grew up a Nets fan when they were obviously the New yeah. Jersey Nets. And he is from that vicinity. He's still close to home. I I think he still loves playing in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, he didn't play enough games for Brooklyn last year, but that had to do with his stance on the the vaccine.
1: what, what, What about what Brooklyn wants? What about the the comments that's coming out of there about how he treated teammates, how he treated people in the organization? You talk about what he wants is what Joe Cy, is what Sean Marks want. Kyrie is in no position of power. He is in no position to bargain. It's what they want. They know he's a terrible leader. He's proven that time and time again. So again, you talk about he's in a good spot. They paid the man. And even though Kyrie has behaved, I believe, in in a professional setting, sometimes unprofessional, the Nets have been nothing but great. They still paid him even when he was away uh, uh, and and didn't get the vaccine. They allowed him the behavior because they allowed it. They allowed Kyrie. They gave him and KD privileges. And maybe uh, Kyrie abused his privileges. But it seemed to me, from, from what I've read and from what I've heard, they kind of tied a uh, uh, Kyrie's bull drive, his shenanigans. Okay, so he's in no position.
2: Okay, but he opted back in for thirty-six point seven million. He could have become a free agent and done it that way, right? He could have. But could've. he chose yeah. to stay for what was on the table: thirty-six point seven. You mean so, Kyrie
1: could have got thirty-six million somewhere else?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I okay. again, I got all kinds of issues with him, but in the end, you know what prevails in this league? Talent prevails, and. Hey, in the fourth quarter of game one against Boston, even though they got swept, I, I watched him score 18 points and then not make a play on defense down the, <laughs> <in> the last <laughs> seconds on Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. But that's a whole nother issue. I never thought of Kyrie as a defender at all anyway. No, but no. the point is, there are very few humans who can score 18 points on the Boston Celtics in the fourth quarter of game one of a playoff game. So, yeah. yeah, I do think he's worth more than that on the open market, but he took the 36.7. And now you're, you're asking, in, in the biggest picture, the Nets to take a $47 million Russell Westbrook off your hands, and and they have Kyrie right now at 36.7. We'll give you T.A.T.? And, and a 1st and ride draft pick? THT, TNT, I, I don't know. What, they, they don't care. He's just another guy. And by the way, you're, you're down on THT. You, you thought that he got exposed, that he fell back to earth. Even though he's LeBron's what? protege and a clutch client, I don't think you think much of THT anymore.
1: No, I think the thing is he needs the ball in his hands. If you notice, Skip, if you look how well he played when there was no AD, there was no, Bru- no Russ and no LeBron, you remember he went and got 40. But I, if, I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he go get 40, Was it against Sacramento, Was it against the Nuggets, but I think he had 40 in one of those games. He needs the ball. He can't play off the—everybody can't play off the ball because he's not that good of an outside shooter, but he can handle the ball and get to the basket. And so that's where he would be better suited in a team that he doesn't have superstars. Now, I think there's a greater chance that Kyrie Irving gets traded if Kevin Durant get moved. I that's that's, that's I, I do believe that skill. Now, if KD doesn't get traded, I don't think, I don't know necessarily like, why, would we, why would we trade Kyrie? If, if KD's here. Okay. Unless I, I KD says I, I don't want him here.
2: Okay. I, I'm with you on that because if you trade KD, to me, you're starting over. And you don't yes. want to start over with Kyrie as your lone leader and superstar. I got that. Right. But they're saying to themselves, well, do we want Kevin Durant and THT or do we want Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Well, obviously, you want Kyrie Irving. So where Kyrie needs to get into a good place is with Kevin Durant. Right? Can they make peace with each other and start fresh next year, adding Ben Simmons into their their trio and their equation? Well, and what you would do all the new
1: pieces. It's well, still, what you would do. Yeah. What you would do, Skip, is that you would get Russ and then maybe move Russ, because Kyrie would be in the Lakers, and then you move Russ and get you a couple of other pieces. Move him for what? For that's for them. That's for them part. to decide. I
2: don't. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Nobody wants Russell Westbrook, including and especially the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody no, especially
1: wants. No, especially the Lakers.
2: <laughs> well, the Lakers don't want him, and that's the problem.
0: <laughs> anybody want to spend forty-seven million? Anybody? Anybody? All right. When we return, we're going back to Skip's Cowboys and Jack Prescott. You think he's primed to have his best season yet? We're going to tell you what he had to say when we return. After one of the greatest games in recent memory, the MLB returns to the place where dreams come true. Relive the magic when the Reds take on the Cubs for one game in heaven, one game at the Field of Dreams. Coverage Thursday, 6 Eastern on Fox and your Fox Sports app. All right, Dak Prescott celebrating his golden birthday this year. He turned 29 on July 29th. The Cowboys quarterback is comparing that to his on-the-field play this season. Dak telling reporters he plans for this season to be the golden year on the field as well. Well, Skip sure hope so. Shannon, what do you think? Do you expect this year to be Dak's golden year?
1: No, I've got a pretty big, impressive resume. I've got a large sample size. Six years is a pretty large sample size, Skip. And that, I mean, we we got to stop this. Oh, he's a young quarterback. That has been a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for six seasons. And what we've seen is up and down. And that's 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 it. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat it, Skip. I'm not saying that he's great. I'm not saying that he's bad. But he he's up and down every single year. He gets off to these great starts, and somehow he ducktail dove ducktails down. So that's what he is. And all this, I, I get it, you know, it's my golden year. You can say all that. Words don't impress me. Play. And I'm just basically on what I've seen from him over the six seasons is that starts hot, fades down, fade, fades down the end of the game. A lot of what they were able to do last year, Skip, was predicated on the defense taking the ball away. Well, we got to go back to the early 70s to find a defense that led the league in takeaways in consecutive seasons. So the likelihood of the Cowboys... Taking the ball away as they did last year, sitting their d- offense up in short fields, or giving or, or, or stifling drives, is not very good. So for me, I expect to see the same DAC that I've seen for the previous six years: one good game, two good games, one two bad games. That's what I expect: up and down roller coaster.
2: Okay. before I respond to all you just said and to this question, allow me to get this off my chest. Speaking of Dak Prescott, here's a recent quote from my man. Please drop the Mike McCarthy about Dak Prescott. He says this is Dak Prescott's offense. And I think you see him taking ownership of that because at the end of the day, defense wins championships, but the Super Bowl is won by the quarterback. Mike. Let's see. Defense wins championships, Win championship. but the Super Bowl is won by the, quarterback so is, the
1: is the Super Bowl right? not a championship, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
2: please drop the mic. Please. <laughs> just stay away from the mic, because the more he talks, the worse it gets. And the more he tries to talk to the team, the less inspired the team seems to be. So please just stay away. Now back to the golden year quote. I was a little surprised that Dak uttered this quote, but He's getting a little more defensive by the interview because the questions he's having to answer are getting a little more pessimistic, which is causing him to try to be overly optimistic optimistic. for the first time in his career. I've never heard him say things like this. And by the way, if if the golden year, I'd never heard of this, but your golden birthday is 29 on the 29th, obviously. So I guess the best year of my life, my golden year was. When I was four years old, because mine's the fourth, so I don't know. I I guess I'm done. uh, That was a long time ago.
1: But, Skip, I thought Golden was 50.
2: Isn't Golden 50? I don't know. I'd never heard of this concept before, but whatever. (laughs) Dak is reaching because I think Dak is getting a little desperate because he's having to be more and more aggressively positive about how good he's going to be because the questions are getting more and more aggressively negative from the Dallas media or the national media in any session that he's doing. Because to your point, now we've seen a pattern evolve with Dak Prescott, (laughs) hot, 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 early, and then slowly but surely fades down the stretch and goes from hot to disastrous down the stretch. And we saw it in 2019, see, bet on himself against Jerry Jones in the contract struggle. And we saw it again last year. So I'm no longer sure about Dak Prescott. And just like we talked about Zeke earlier, I think this is a make-or-break career year for Zeke, where you, you've either got to make it or you're going to get broken. And I'm not even sure you're going to be in the league after this year. And, and in Dak's case, to finish this off, th- this is a hot seat year for Dak Prescott, where that seat's going to get hotter by the game because – to your point, the schedule starts. It starts rough because you you yeah. got right out of the box. You got goat in Cincinnati, albeit at home, and it, it it stays rough for a little while because you got Philly early at Philly. And my my point is, now you better get off to a good start and maintain it. Or are you, you know, you're going to flip the script. Are you going to be cold early and then then roar back at the end? Because I haven't seen him roar back, so no. uh, I'm I, I'm not. I'm not sure I need him to be the the quarterback that I thought he was from the start, which is more of a fourth overall pick than the fourth rounder that he actually was. But this is a huge year with him feeling the heat for the first time because it's – Shannon, this is classic, be careful what you wish for because they got their money. They got paid. And as you well know, money can't buy happiness because – you're going to have to back up your 75 million that you made last year, the 40 odd million you're going to make this year, you're going to have to back it up on the field with that kind of performance. I'm not sure he's capable of it. I'm rooting for him,
1: but at this point it's hard to completely trust him. But you and I've had conversations that we believe the Cowboys are worse off right now than they were when they ended the season, considering the losses, the Randy Agreed. Gregory's. Okay, there's no Amari Cooper. Nope. We saw how Dak looked without Amari Cooper in Kansas City, Skip. He scored nine points with two interceptions. No Michael Gallup to start the season. CeeDee Lamb is the only guy that's on the receiver that scored a touchdown in his career. So CeeDee is there, I, and I'm not overly certain that CeeDee is, uh, is ready to be the number one, but we'll find out. We'll find out very early on how good CD is with no Michael Gallup, no Amari Cooper. Zeke, do you – Zeke, everybody keep expecting this renaissance season from Zeke that he's going to bounce back. Yep. When we haven't never, when we've have seen that from a running back, and that's not to say that it can't happen, no. but based on history, we haven't seen a running back have a downturn of three consecutive years and pick back up and go back to where they originally came from in the first three years. Yep. And the offensive line skip, they just isn't as good as they once were. Yep. Zach Martin is phenomenal. He's Correct. still a top two or three offensive lineman. Well, he's probably top two at his position. He and uh, 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 Quentin Nelson from uh, I, I the Indy. I, I think he's one, but go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. I won't fight you on that. I won't even fight you on that. Tyron Smith, he's starting to slow down a little he bit. Is. Skip, these injuries starting to come with greater regularity, and they're starting to keep him out for longer periods of time. And the center position, you know, when, when Fredericks left, your running game all but disappeared because it, it, it that hadn't been the same since.
2: Yeah. Ordinary at best is beyond. Yes. Yeah. So
1: when you when you look at that, when you look at the pieces that are around him, the pieces around Dak isn't as good as they once were, and so to expect Dak to all of a sudden just take off and not have the ebbs and flows. Yeah, I, I get it. Now he's not going to throw for three hundred yards every game, Skip, but. You can't have games where you don't score any point. No. I mean, a uh, 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 no touchdowns, yep. and, and especially like the game against the, uh, the Broncos, Skip. That's unacceptable. Just, just You're favored. A you, you, right? You you can't have a game. Yeah. Kansas City was right for the taking. It, it, Your you defense played. Defense played as good as they. That just game. Great. The defense played as well as they played all year. It can't be and better.
3: Yeah.
1: All that. If that. If that was what the, what Jerry paid him to be, Skip. You win that game. You went that with easy. Easy. I agree. So my
2: fear is that I'm going to look back and say that Zeke made Dak in the, in the big picture. And now Zeke's no longer Zeke. And I'm fearing that I'm going to look back and say Amari made Dak in 2018 when they oh, acquired Amari, at, as you know, at midseason. And they took off. And now I'm thinking the offensive line made both Dak and Zeke. <laughs> And, and it's just not the same unless you tell it's me not. Tyler Smith's going to be a perennial pro bowler starting this year at left guard, segueing to left tackle. And I right. just Mel Kuiper would vehemently disagree with that assessment. So all of a sudden, Jerry is effectively saying to Dak, remember, he told him at the press conference after they made their deal. And, and Jerry looked sideways at him and said, I overpaid you. He did. He overpaid (laughs) Dak Prescott. And now Jerry's saying, okay, it's on you. You got it. I'm going to put it all on your shoulders because we're not nearly as good at receiver. We're not nearly as good in the offensive line. And we're definitely not nearly as good with our starting running back. So it's on you, young man. I paid you. Now show me what you got. And in the end, when Mike McCarthy says defense wins championships, (laughs) I've already told you, however far my team is going to go, is going to hinge on Dan Quinn's defense featuring 11 from heaven. That's going to be the side of the ball that's going to have to carry this football team.
1: I think Jerry is telling Dak, Dak, you need to do this. Because they need receivers, and there are a couple of out there that could possibly you nope. know, help. Yeah, I got but he's it. like, nah, nah no. we good. You do it. You do it. Here we go. Hot seat. They say the quarterback make the receivers, right? Okay, Dad, go. i pay you 40 million a year. Go make them, go make uh, uh the Noah Browns, go make the Jalen Tober, go make them go make go, them. go make them something. hmm
0: <laughs> We will find out, gentlemen. Time will tell. No mercy. USA Today releasing their updated NFL power rankings this morning. Guess who has that top overall spot? The LA Rams. Packers coming in at four. Buccaneers at seven. Eagles at nine. Skips Cowboys came in down at 15. Shannon. All right. What is your biggest disagreement with these rankings?
1: I mean, there's a lot of a lot of surprise, Skip. I'm surprised that the Tampa Bucks are so far down. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so far down. But the Eagles at four! Four, Skip! No, at, I guess skip, at nine the
2: Eagles are nine. But I, but I'm saying they're fourth in the A- NFC. Oh, oh, fourth! I I got you. Yeah, I got you. yeah.
1: but I, I man, they're they're so, skip. They're sold on Jalen Hurts. That's the only thing that I can believe because I skip their, their talent. I mean, when you think uh, they got A.J. Brown, they got Dallas Gardner, they got uh, 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 Devontae Smith. Skip, they have nice pieces. Miles Sanders can stay healthy. Offensive line is good. The Hargrove, I love uh, uh, Hargrove, they, uh, Darius Slade on, uh, at the back end. They've got some pieces. But for them to be as ranked as high as they are, that says, you know what? Jalen Hurts is that dude. He's turned the corner, and he's going to be exponentially better this year than what he's been the, uh, uh, the first, his first two years. I, Skip, I, I, just, I just don't see it. I, I just don't, and I, I get it. You know, we already did this dream team. Remember in 2011, Skip, dream team, dream team, dream team, mm-hmm. and they ended up finishing 8-8. Eight Yep. I just I, 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 it's just hard for me to believe that the Eagles have basically the power ranking. They're the fourth best team in the NFC as we speak.
2: Did you see the first line in the Eagles capsule in USA Today as they were chosen ninth overall? It says, good luck finding a team with more talent and depth in the trenches than the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're just starting there, not, not to mention all the firepower and the weaponry around Jalen Hurts. I I first guessed this. I told you the Eagles are a little better than my Cowboys. I'm not saying Jalen is better than Dak, but on intangibles, he is a better leader than Dak Prescott is in my humble estimation. Just on pure, that team loves him a little more than the Dallas Cowboys love and trust Dak Prescott. And again, Dak is a better on overall talent, a better quarterback, but, but intangibly on playmaking, leadership, gamesmanship. He, I, I'm sold on Jalen Hurts way more than you are, which is why yes. they vaulted all the way up to nine. And, and again, we both agree, Jerry Jones did nothing in the offseason. They lost no. far more than they gained. And so True. they dropped down to 15th, and I got no issue with that. I hope they prove USA Today wrong, But I fear the Eagles because I do fear Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles team around Jalen is way better than the team around Dak Prescott. So I get that because I first guessed it. Now, back to the Buccaneers. You realize, Shannon Sharp, they have just fallen three slots from four Uh, to seven uh, because of one reason only. A reason you wrote off and discounted and undercut. They're saying that they fell three slots just because of the loss of Tom Brady's center, Ryan Jensen. And you said it was no big deal that pro football focus graded him only as the 23rd best center. Hey, he is it for Tom Brady. Brady, I told you, is going to get hit and hurried more without Ryan Jensen. So but you gonna, got Julio now. Okay, but that's their point. That, uh, what's the capsule say? Well, the notion of of Julio Jones against man coverage on passing downs is tantalizing. Pretty good bet Tom Brady would rather have an injured Ryan Jensen than Julio. Well, he would. I would agree with that. But the, the point is they at least have enough time to try that kid Hainsey from Notre Dame, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere near Ryan Jensen. And then maybe they try to go get that J.C. Treader, the head of the players union, who's still out right. there on the market. I just think he's going to command a lot more money than they have left because they're, they're down to the, to the bottom barrel of what well, they've tell, got left tell, in the tell salary tom, cap. Tell,
1: tell, tell Tom to play for two million. Well, he
2: probably will. Unlike LeBron James, you know, no, no, whatever he's supposed to make 30 million as opposed to the 50 million that Aaron Rodgers is going to make this year. So he's taking discount upon discount. But I'm sure he would. I'm, I'm sure he would redo his contract as we speak if they could re- if they could go get J.C. Tretter.
1: No. Yes. Ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm just I mean, the, the Eagles skip at the end of the day. Yes. The Eagles are immensely talented. Yes, they have more talent than the Dallas Cowboys. But do you believe their quarterback is better? Is their quarterback better than Tampa? Is their quarterback better than Dallas? Is their quarterback better than some of these teams in the NFC? And Green Bay, being as high as they are, they lost Scantley. They lost uh, 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 Devontae. And Bakhtiari had a knee procedure, Skip, so they don't know if and when he's coming back.
2: Yep, I got it. Look, my fear is... Jalen Hurts is not better than Dak in a vacuum, but my fear is that Jalen Hurts will play better than Dak. I just heard you say, down the stretch every year, Dak folds. I I don't think Jalen Hurts will fold. He'll be as good as he can be in every single game. He will play more consistently and intangibly
1: than Dak will play. Okay. Well, we're about to find out. I don't want to hear nothing now don't be oh this team they pro football mm-hmm. focus in usa today had a rank and my cowboy that's what you try to do no but I ain't, well, I, I ain't buying it
2: well i ain't buying it it's hard for me to buy my cowboys right now
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you are I'm also the king of reverse jinxing skip i do yeah. have to say maybe <laughs> all right guys you are not gonna want to miss this story i'm so surprised to have read this Bill Belichick actually opening up, giving some insight into fantasy football. We're going to dive into that when Undisputed comes back. No mercy. Lots of twists and turns on that one. All right. During the Patriots media session yesterday, a 14-year-old got to ask Bill Belichick a question and asked if fantasy football is good or bad for the NFL. Please, please tell me Belichick was decent to him. Take a listen to his response.
2: Honestly, I don't really have any opinion on that because it, like fantasy football doesn't mean anything to me. Like we're just trying to win games out here, and so I don't know who's hot, who's not, who wins, who doesn't. Like I don't really care about that. I just care about whether we win. So yeah, I have fun with that. <laughs> at least
0: there was a smile at the end. I don't know, <laughs> Shannon. Give Belichick a letter grade for his answer.
1: Skip this is a classic Be- Coach Belichick. Skip, He gets an A. This is who he is. Skip, it doesn't matter if you're a kid. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't matter if you're a man. You've been at this for eight months. You've been at this for 50 years. Coach Belichick is going to have the same response. This is who he is. I guess they thought, hey, we're going to sneak this kid up here and we're going to get Coach Belichick to have a little fun. Coach Belichick gave you a a typical Coach Belichick answer. Mm. So I am, first off, not a big
2: fan of 14-year-olds getting to ask uh, questions in a real press conference. And I'm thinking maybe is he a grandchild of Robert Kraft? I I have no idea. But Bill Belichick gave his longest, nicest answer ever because this was a (laughs) 14-year-old asking the question. Uh, I, I dread to think what would have happened if one of the, the veteran reporters oh. had asked that question because Belichick would not have liked it and would have spat back some short right. answer.
1: He, But, but Skip, you know what? He, that's what I'm saying. You know, he was like, you know, I'm just trying to win football games. They have no bearing on this. I don't know who's up, who's down. I'm just trying to win, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he was like, you're right. He, that was a kid, but it was a, It was still the same curt, matter-of-fact answer. I'm going to win football game. I don't care no about no fantasy football. Mm. Well,
2: Belichick better worry about trying to catch Tom Brady. That's what he's got to worry about. Oh,
1: oh it, it, uh, uh, Matt Jones will going do that. Guys, we're out of time.
0: Yeah. Fabulous Stop. show today. I loved all the insight. But that's it for us. Be sure to stick around though. The herd's coming up next. Have a fabulous weekend, everybody.